There are very few things that investors can do that are free. But what about a podcast that delivers educational content on investing, saving strategies, financial planning, topical items of interest, and maybe even the odd wacky topic? Welcome to Free Lunch. Hosted by Greg Kramitsky and Colin Andrews of the CM Group at CIBC Wood Gundy, Free Lunch will bring listeners the firm's vast knowledge and experience in dealing with uncertainty to help clients achieve their vision through a deep understanding of what is important to them that requires planning, money, and time. Learn more and subscribe today at markets-work.com. Welcome back to the Free Lunch Podcast with Greg and Colin. And I'm back. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why we had that. I give you that awkward pause there, but. Yeah, really. Greg, have you noticed something that has been occurring recently? And what would that be? Well, I'm glad you asked that question. I think it's all of the noise, all of the news that tells us how bad things are. I mean, like how we're going to catch this. We're going to lose that. This will never get better, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, have you noticed all of these recent headlines? Well, and most of the headlines are negative, of course. You know, you don't. You don't see great headlines, but great day today. Nothing bad happened. Oh yeah, but I mean, in the markets, if the market goes down a thousand points, that's front page news. That's right, right? Yeah, market goes up a thousand points. It's like I don't know. That's what you expect. It's not news. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So how do we avoid this noise? I mean, it surrounds us. It's at sometimes it just feels all consuming. What strategies can we use to bring some mental peace for our being? And I know that sounds very yoga ish or yogi, Mm -hmm. but it's true. There are certain things that we can do to help cope with this excess noise, right? Well, for sure. You know, and we, we always counsel our clients, you know, just don't focus on the headlines and think about the long term. And this is a marathon, you know, not a sprint, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. But it's very difficult when you're bombarded daily. You know, we're talking about investment strategies and retirement plans that are 20 years in the making and you're being bombarded by headlines every single day. Especially if you're doing like a financial plan for a 20 plus year period. Right. But the focus of the investor is, yeah, but what's the market doing at this exact moment? Exactly. Right. So so it brings anxiety and we want to go through some tips on how to cope with anxiety today. So, I mean, the reality is that reading the news can be stress inducing at the best of times. Yep. Right. Like when the news is particularly worrying Many of us experience levels of anxiety so high that we can have difficulty coping. It's not hard to understand that when you see things like about war and supply chain issues and inflation and interest rates and unemployment levels. And I mean, the list goes on and on, right? Right on. So how can we stay reasonably anxiety free when the media bombards us with headlines that tend to make us anxious, right? Right. I mean, it may seem as though we've entered an age of bad news. Like every day for the past few years, newspapers and news websites have turned out stressful headlines like full blast. You know, as I mentioned, like about war and COVID and local violence, gun shootings. I note today, as we're recording, the U.S. has had its 233rd mass shooting of the year. Of the year. In 152 days. Exactly. So on average, there's 1.52 mass shootings per day in the U.S. That's pretty crazy. Hard to be optimistic when you hear that. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, it's easy to see how anxiety creeps in. And, you know, why not admit it? Like, it's okay to admit that you're anxious about things, but we want to provide our listeners with constructive, actionable content on our podcast. And, you know, we sometimes too end up highlighting news that could be stressful. And it's not because we want to, it's just maybe we're highlighting what's happening at the moment. Yep. Right. Yep. 
but we're, we'd probably be good to take our own advice, right? I mean, if we're planning for 20 plus years, why are we so focused on the last two minutes, right? Right. So while our intent is positive, to warn our listeners about possible pitfalls and dangers in investing and empower our audience to avoid them, our content may sometimes lead to worry and anxiety. So what can you do if what seems like a constant cycle of negative news throughout every media outlet is getting you down and interfering with your well-being? I'll tell you what I did last night, Greg. What was that? I did yoga with my wife. Good for you. Yeah, I don't really like yoga, Yeah, but I sure like the way I feel afterwards. And it's just like an hour of not worrying about things, right? Colin, are you recommending people do yoga? I am. I am. You know, it's, a, it's that thing that as a, a former athlete, you know, in college and high school and stuff like that in impact sports, my previous self would have made fun of things like yoga. Exactly. But actually, it is a really great thing to do for free in your mind. So in this episode, we're going to look at some tips for coping with the special kind of anxiety that can come from reading the news. Sure. So why don't you take us through the first one? Well, first of all, I want to talk about something, you know, this cycle-related anxiety has probably existed for centuries, you know, now, of course, centuries ago, people didn't get the news with the speed that we get it today, but there's been bad news and it was just communicated in different ways. Mm -hmm. But this cycle-related anxiety became particularly obvious back in 2016, and that was a year packed with global events that polarized a lot of different communities. And I guess we can talk about the U.S. presidential races as one of those. That would be one. Yep. Probably top of the list. So, exactly. So, when people started reporting tension and anxiety that came from feeling bombarded by alarming news headlines, some therapists came to describe this as its own phenomenon. And a therapist named Stephen Stosny refers to this as headline stress disorder. Hmm. And that was written in an opinion piece for the Washington Post. So he describes his personal experience with clients for whom the grueling news cycle had triggered really intense feelings of worry, hopelessness, and he also reported that this particularly affected female clients. Now, Stosny's observations may be pretty much spot on. There was a study in 2012 which identified that women are better than men at remembering negative news for longer periods, and they also have more persistent physiological reactions to the stress caused by that news. And those aren't our words, by the way. These are simply findings of that particular study. Yeah, we're not getting into that discussion. Not at all. Yeah. No. And so these are just these are just research results. And the Stosny writes that many people feel personally devalued, rejected, unseen, unheard, and unsafe, and feel a sense of foreboding and mistrust about the future. So there was another study that was conducted by the American Psychological Association that found that between August of 2016 and January 2017, people in the United States reported an average stress level increase from 4.8 to 5.1, and that's on a scale from 1 to 10, where 1 means little or no stress and 10 means an extremely high level of stress. I bet you it went from 4.8 to 5.1 on November 7th of 2016. Yeah, well, that may well be. Right? Isn't yeah. that when the U.S. election was announced? That's right. Yeah. yeah. And probably the same for me as well. And I'm not an American. <laughs> Mine went to about 12. <laughs> so according to the researchers in this particular paper, this was the first notable increase in average stress levels in the decade since the association was first conducting those surveys. So something definitely happened, as we talked about, in 2016. Now, the group's 2019 report on stress levels in the U.S. population didn't find much of a difference compared with past years except in one respect. 
and that was that respondents said that they felt distinctly more anxiety about some specific topics. And according to the most recent poll data of the report, adults in the U.S. experienced the highest amount of stress about these subjects. You may be able to guess them. Mm. Politics, healthcare, and mass shootings. Yeah, like those are the headlines every day. Exactly, exactly. And this was back in 2019. I wonder what the result would be today. Well, uh, let me tell you, politics, healthcare, and mass shootings. Exactly, yeah. (laughs) And there was also a couple of others. So climate change and sexual harassment, which are other topics that are frequently covered in the news, also caused significantly more stress in 2019 than they did in 2018. Hmm. Interesting. Right on. Well, and also what's in that report is they talk about the difference, uh, like an intergenerational difference, right? So the difference between millennials and Gen Zers or Gen Zers, if you're American or Canadian, I suppose. But, you know, the authors found that more than seven in 10 adults, which actually came out to about 72%, agree with the statement that the media blows things out of proportion. And more than half say they want to stay informed about the news, but following it causes them stress. So maybe it's an issue with media to some extent. I remember listening to a Denzel Washington quote a few weeks ago. Yep. And he said something like, if you don't watch the news, you're uninformed. And if you watch the news, you're misinformed. Yeah, really? How true is that? It's kind of scary, right? Like, you know, because you'll often see people and they'll say, did you see in the news, right? Yep. And you're not really sure what they're referring to. Like, are they referring to a credible news source? Are they referring to the National Enquirer? Right. Or some other thing out there. Exactly. Know. Yeah. So differently aged groups reported different levels of stress that they attribute to the news media. So more people in their 30s and younger admitted to being upset by the news cycle. I don't know why that is, Greg, right? Like, why would the younger audience be more impacted by the news cycle than the older audience? Yeah. No, that's a good question. It is a question, but the authors noted that people choose to deal with these issues by avoiding the news. Nearly two in five adults report that they've taken steps over the past years to reduce their news consumption. Yeah. I mean, I know I did that like in March of 2020 to the end of 2020. Remember those days where you turn on the TV and it would show like the global COVID numbers everywhere. Oh, yeah. yep. And it was just like drive fear and stress. And man, I just, just stopped watching it. Right. Yeah, and so you have to take a break, and that's what you're talking about. And for me, personally speaking, I sort of went through this back. Some listeners may not have been around or investing during the global financial crisis. I certainly was, and of course, being in this industry. And unlike the bear market that lasted a couple of weeks in March of 2020, the bear market of 2008-2009 actually started in 2007 in the U.S., October of 07, went Mm -hmm. on for about a year and four months. And that was a year and four months for me of getting up in the morning, usually at five because I couldn't sleep, but turning on CNBC to see what horror was awaiting us, you know, that particular day. Yeah. And, you know, you do that for a couple of days, it can be unsettling, do that for a year straight and it can hurt. Well, you know, what was worse is I was watching, before I would go to bed, I would watch the opening of the Asian markets just to get an idea as to what would happen in the North American markets when I got up the next day. Yeah. That was awful. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. That's a recipe for no sleep. Well, you know, and for some people, I mean, you know, you get this feeling of anger or hopelessness and powerlessness that, that can stem from 
sustained exposure to stressful news. And that can actually stand in the way of, of being productive on a day-to-day basis. Mm-hmm. So I think you have to step away from, you know, take a break from the news, you know, maybe set limits. The other thing is switching to other activities, you know, so not only to take your mind off negative scenarios, but also help regulate some of the emotions, you know, and, and try to make more positive connections. So some people say, step back and recharge. Some solutions for news-based anxiety is the same as for any anxiety. And that is to, you know, for some people, get out into nature, read some books, you know, have face-to-face conversations with, you know, with friends and family and, mm-hmm. and get away from the screens for a while. And research has actually shown that reading can help to reduce stress, exercise for sure, listening to music and, and along the line of doing yoga, practicing meditation. Yeah. So really important to do that. You want to read enough to stay informed, but then plan activities that give you a good break from a lot of those issues and stress that may come from that being informed. And you got to pay attention to other other areas of your life as well. Yeah, and focus on what you can solve. Like instead of, or as well as unplugging from the news, one way of coping with news-related anxiety is to focus on issues that you can help be a part of, you can help solve I mean, negative world news regarding acts of violence or the impact of a devastating hurricane or, I mean, even a mass shooting for that sake. I mean, that can make people feel powerless and defeated, right? Yeah. But everyone can do a little something to make the world a little better, like even if it's just your immediate world. So by contributing to positive changes in their communities, families, or even yourself, I think that one gets overlooked too often, right? Like, you know, I know this is an investment show, And some might say, why are you talking about making small changes to yourself and your happiness when you should be talking about, I don't know, price earnings multiples or some other nonsense, right? Yeah. But no, actually, let me back that up. Price earnings multiples are not nonsense. Right. (laughs) They're really important. But I guess you, you can choose to get really focused on things like that that you have no control over. Right. Or you could get, in investing, you could get really focused on things like your spending, right? You could choose where you spend your money. Yep. Maybe it's donating to causes that you like, right? So, you know, one listener said that constant exposure to bad news made her want to spring into action. And so she did this at a local level. And I mean, she's quoted here as saying, I was feeling helpless and useless after a summer of bad news. So I joined a small but passionate political party. It can be tempting to disengage, but stepping back was making me feel like I was letting others decide my future for me. Now, Greg, this isn't a political show by any means. So we're not necessarily saying people should go and join a a local passionate political party, but we're saying, hey, find something that interests you that maybe you can be part of solving something. Right. Right. So I don't know. I mean, there's lots and lots of stories about about how those things can be, but you know, there is a lot of research out there too, and the research from trusted sources has shown that getting involved in one's community by volunteering for local causes can actually boost a person's sense of well-being and reinstill a feeling of purpose and solidify a sense of identity within the community. And I actually think, in the years I spent with a, a life coach and a business coach, right? Yep. Which Would we recommend people use those services? Of course we would. Yeah, of course. Why wouldn't you? I mean, you have access to them if they're good people and they can help you. In my work with that person, it became clear to us that a root cause of people is having a feeling of purpose. Yeah. Right? Whether you're retired or not retired, whether you're invested or not invested, but or working or not working, right? It's having purpose in your life. So- 
Yeah, right on. And as you mentioned, you know, and I just want to step back to this business about, well, gee, we're we're kind of typically talking about investments and market volatility and things like that. But I think when we talk about stress, I mean, there's a lot of headline stress. And I think what happens though is that when you see when you have negative stress in one area, so let's say you're watching the news and you're watching about mass shootings in the US or some such thing like that, then it can actually spill over into your other, you know, areas of your life. Yeah. And then you go over and you look at your statement, your portfolio statement for the last month and it was down from the month before and and so you've got this these negative feelings that stem from one aspect of life, what's going on in the US or around the world and wars in Ukraine and that kind of thing. But then it then you you have a negative disposition towards other parts of your life. Sure. And you know, and, and our goal when we're, you know, the whole purpose of doing things like financial planning and investment strategy and things like that is not to say, okay, well it's always going to be happy news, because we know it isn't. You know, we know that bear markets happen and there's going to be some news around that. And there's going to be some negative feelings around looking at your statement every once in a while and seeing that it was down from the month before. But, but know, why would somebody even choose to look at their statement in a down period, knowing that it's just going to drive a certain feeling or behavior? Well, well, and, and I think it's a good question. I mean, some people don't. I've yeah. absolutely, over the years, I've, I've had many clients that say, well, I didn't even open my statements for the last six months. And your response is great. Yeah. And that's yeah. good. That's good news yeah. because you can live a lifetime every moment when you're worried or stressed about something, yeah, you know, so, so it is relevant, I think, because we want people to be able to expose yourself to bad news enough to stay informed, but not so much that it just starts to spill over into other aspects of your, your day-to-day life. You use a word, you've used a word over the years, Pollyanna. Does that make sense in that? Yeah. Kind of like sticking your head in the ground and not paying attention to, or, or just, just having this feeling that everything is great, yeah. you know, regardless of, what would seem to be the facts based on the news. Right, right. Yeah, and I think that's right. You know, I mean, again, you don't want to be uninformed, but you don't want to be miserable either. Dollars to uh, donuts, you heard it here first. There you go. <laughs> you know, and one of the other things, uh, you know, and this is this can be tough, but when you get a barrage of bad news, which we tend to get these days kind of pretty frequently, sometimes you need to make an effort to actually find positive news. And sometimes that can help counteract that news-related anxiety. And- for many of us, you know, we, we feel it's our responsibility to understand what's going on in the world, you know, first to be knowledgeable about it, let alone maybe we can find a way to fix it. But it's also really important to find out what's going well, you know, so you can feel more motivated and hopeful and uplifted. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the things uh, there was uh, some research done by a couple of women, Karen McIntyre from the Virginia Commonwealth University and Catherine Gildenstead from the Open Eyes Institute in Amsterdam in the Netherlands, and they argue that we need a lot more constructive journalism. And they coined this term to describe a type of journalism that focuses on more possible solutions to ongoing problems and on presenting the other side rather than just focusing on the problems themselves. Mm -hmm. So according to these two researchers, constructive journalism seeks to counterbalance the skewed portrayal of the world produced by classical news journalism and strengthen traditional journalistic ethics. And they've defined constructive journalism as journalism that involves applying positive psychology techniques to news processes and production in an effort to create productive and engaging coverage while holding true to journalism's core functions. You know, and and that's quite relevant because these days, 
you know, if you were to turn on some of the major news outlets in the U.S., whether it's CNN, MSNBC, or Fox News, it's highly skewed news coverage. Mm-hmm. You know, in the in the good old days, you just got the news, but now it's hard to decipher which is news and which is opinion. You know, and of course, in some of the most popular shows on these channels are opinion hosts. They're not news stories, but they present themselves in the same way. And so it's easy to think that what you're hearing is actually news when in fact it's just opinion and it skews very seriously what you're hearing. Yeah. So when the news cycle brings us down with an outpour of calamities, which, you know, recently that's certainly what we've seen, it's really important to ask ourselves more about our relationship with the news. Why do we access it? What do we hope to get from it? And when we turn on the news, we have to prioritize well-being in order to make positive changes around the world as opposed to just getting mired in depression and anxiety from what you're seeing. Well, I have a family member. It's my mother-in-law. I don't know if I should say that out loud, but I'm admitting it right here. My mother-in-law tends to watch the news. Like She'll come and visit us periodically from Edmonton, and she'll watch the news, and I'll sort of leave the room, and I'll come back maybe a few hours later, and she's watching the same news, and it's just a loop. Yep. (laughs) And I'm like, why do you watch it twice? I mean, it's the same story. Yes. Right? Yeah. And I don't know why people do that, right? Because even like the news sources, have you noticed, like if you go to, not CNN versus Fox per se, but if you went to some of the online sources, typically the headlines are kind of the same between each of the news sources, right? They're following the same articles, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, let's, let's finish off this episode with six tips to avoid being overwhelmed by the news, you know, and how to cope when all the negative news is triggering you. So I'm going to take the first three, Greg. Sure. So the first one we've talked a little bit about here is regulate consumption. So make sure you're making a conscious decision to take a time out from the media for a period of time at different times. I mean, if you're noticing that you have a real negative impact after watching negative news, why not take a break from it for a while, right? Yep. Like we did back in 2020 when we stopped watching the COVID pandemic results that were broadcast every day, all day, you know, and how the whole world was going to get COVID and everybody was going to die. And and I'm not trying to downplay the actual effects that some people have had. Of course. But, you know, here we are two years later and the stories are different, yeah. right? Yeah. So I don't know. I, I, sh- I certainly appreciated taking a break from the news at that time. Oh, yeah. Number two is take ownership over your emotions. So never blame yourself for experiencing negative emotions. I find this a lot when we're dealing with clients, when we say things like, it's okay to feel scared when the market's down. Yeah. Like it's okay. As long as you acknowledge it, that's okay. It's what do you do with that information, right? So do you make an emotionally charged decision to sell out because the market's down? Yeah. Well, that wouldn't be okay, right? right? But to naturally feel pessimistic when the market's down, it's okay to feel that way. Just don't make crazy choices, right? Yeah. Number three is take care of your health. And this one gets overlooked too often. So I mentioned my wife and I did yoga last night. I have the flexibility of a two by four. My yoga is, it's not really (laughs) yoga. It's more like, I don't know what it is. If somebody watched it, they'd say, I'm not sure what that person's doing. But the whole point of it is not because I want anything out of it other than a break. Like I want to feel my body. I want to feel my mind. Yep. So, you know, we try to eat healthy meals, get regular 
exercise, not crazy excessive exercise, but we build it into our day, right? Yep. Try to get a good sleeping pattern. So, you know, there's something about sleeping seven hours a night that everybody talks about. Yeah. Easier, easier said than done, I'm afraid. Easier said than done, but something to work towards, right? Yep. yep. So put this emphasis on health. You know, too many people put their emphasis on things like weight loss or other negative drivers like, oh, I'm dieting now. You yep. know, like we've removed those words from our household. We don't use the word diet. Mm-hmm. We use words like, this is the lifestyle we're choosing, right. right? Yeah. Or, you know, my mom said to me the other day, oh, your family's so good at exercising and eating healthy. And I said, well, it's not that... Oh, she said, you must have good self-control. I said, it's not about self-control, it's about planning. Yeah. Right? So that's well, all it and, is. And as we talked about a few episodes ago, it's also about habits. Yeah. You know, you've created atomic habits and it becomes your lifestyle through habit. And, and that's a great way to stay positive and that kind of thing. Which leads me to number four, focus on the positive. So, you know, if you're triggered by a lot of negative news coverage, you want to find some positive resources to focus on. So, you know... We went through a lot of negative news with the pandemic, you know, and there's lots of good stories. There's lots of recovery stories. You know, you look Mm -hmm. around the world and the global economy came back pretty well. People's lives, you know, have been restored. People are back at work. In fact, I think unemployment is at the lowest level in the U.S. that it's been in decades. Yeah. What about things like during that time period? Yeah, you could have focused on the negative effect of the pandemic, but how many people actually reconnected with friends and family members that they hadn't spoken to in years? Yep. Right? Yeah, so, exactly. For sure. Another thing, number five, replace unhealthy coping skills with positive alternatives. I know I can be guilty of that you know, too. You know, sometimes when you're stressed, you know, you, some people will eat. Or some people would drink alcohol, you know, whatever it is. And those are, you know, those are coping mechanisms, but they're not the most productive coping mechanisms. And so if you can find positive alternatives to the stress created by watching too much news or being barraged by negative news, you know, whether it's exercise, whether it's reading a book, whether it's just getting out of the house, those are all good things. So focus on the positive. And lastly, you know, sometimes you have to seek support. You know, it's natural to feel concerned, apprehensive, stressed at various times. And, you know, you want to invest time in self-care. And if, you, if you're experiencing a lot of negative impacts on your health, you know, there are lots of resources available. You know, and people should not feel wrong or bad about doing that. You know, everybody goes through the same thing. So, so those are some things. And, and that's, you know, that's where we stand on the general stress and anxiety brought about by negative headlines, you know, and I think I'd just like to maybe bring it back to the whole investment side of things again to, as we wrap up. And that is that, you know, and we've talked about this many times before, the negative headlines, the breaking news, the stock market crashes types headlines, those are there to sell newspapers or to sell subscriptions and to entertain, not necessarily in a positive way, but to get a reaction. And we know that those kinds of things are going to happen in the markets and, and, the more you can, if you see them, you understand them for what they are and not take it as a prediction of what's going to happen or what the future is going to look like. That's probably the best thing you can do. Well, I know on CNN, and I'm not picking on CNN, I do watch CNN from time to time. It's almost like they call one of their shows breaking news. Yes. And it's like, well, how is it breaking news if it's always breaking news? Like That's right. Yeah, they have some news stories that have been on, on for weeks that are still called breaking news. So. Yeah, breaking news. Russia invades <laughs> Ukraine. Yeah. 
yeah, yeah, that was like two months ago, right? Exactly. Breaking news would be like, hey, they've reached a peace treaty. That you would know? be that would be a, that would be good breaking news. Yeah, yeah. So. And we're hoping for that. You bet. Yeah. Okay. Well, we better wrap it up there. Okay. Until next time. Thank you for listening to the Free Lunch Podcast hosted by the CM Group at CIBC Wood Gundy. To subscribe to this podcast to get more realistic insight on investing or to connect with one of our talented partners, please head on over to markets-work.com. We'll see you next time on the Free Lunch Podcast. The CIBC logo and CIBC Private Wealth Management are registered trademarks of CIBC. If you are currently a CIBC Wood Gundy client, please contact your investment advisor. CIBC Private Wealth Management consists of services provided by CIBC and certain of its subsidiaries, including CIBC Wood Gundy, a division of CIBC World Markets, Inc. CIBC Private Wealth Management is a registered trademark of CIBC used under license. Wood Gundy is a registered trademark of CIBC World Markets, Inc. Colin Andrews and Greg Kraminski are investment advisors with CIBC Wood Gundy. This information, including any opinion, is based on various sources believed to be reliable, but its accuracy cannot be guaranteed and is subject to change. CIBC and CIBC World Markets, Inc., their affiliates, directors, officers, and employees may buy, sell, or hold a position in securities of a company mentioned herein, its affiliates or subsidiaries, and may also perform financial advisory services, investment banking or other services for, or have lending or other credit relationships with the same. CIBC World Markets, Inc. and its representatives will receive sales commissions and or a spread between bid and ask prices if you purchase, sell, or hold the securities referred to above. CIBC World Markets, Inc., 2022.